The products discussed in this podcast are only available in the United States. Hello and welcome to our podcast from the Consultant's Desk, where we discuss asset allocation trends in financial advisor portfolios analyzed by Natixis Investment Manager Solutions. Uh, I'm Kevin McCullough, one of the consultants from the Portfolio Analysis and Consulting Team, joined today by my colleague Mark Santolo, uh, also a consultant in our group. And today we're going to tackle one of the more challenging areas of asset allocation today, fixed income. Uh, Mark, obviously, we've seen a a really difficult backdrop for fixed income on a year-to-date basis with uh, inflation really being the fear that uh, has gripped headlines and has really been driving uh, risk asset price action across all asset classes. Uh, One question that's continued to come up in the conversations that I have with advisors, and and I'm sure your conversations are similar, is uh, what impact is quantitative tightening going to have on risk assets? You know, our high-level take, 60,000-foot view as a team has sort of been, you know, the impact should be minimal, but it's one of those things that sort of matters to the extent that the market thinks that it matters. You know, one of the areas where you might actually see more of a near-term impact uh, is the high-quality fixed income space, since, you know, it tends to be the, the area that I'd say most directly impacted by the quantitative tightening, uh, since the Fed has been a buyer of fixed income securities ever since the COVID crisis. So, Mark, just to level set, can you describe a little bit the mechanics of what quantitative tightening actually means? Sure. So, first, to understand quantitative tightening, I think you need to understand quantitative easing. The Fed has been buying treasuries and mortgage-backed securities as part of monetary policy support going all the way back to late 2008 during the global financial crisis. But a lot of the recent balance sheet expansion happened in the immediate aftermath of COVID-19. This program to buy bonds, to reduce interest rates and spur economic activity, you often hear that called quantitative easing or QE. And one of the effects was it created artificial scarcity for treasuries and mortgages because you had a massive buyer gobbling up all the high-quality debt. Now, fast forward two-plus years, and starting in June, the Fed has begun to reduce the size of bond holdings on the balance sheet. And so this is called quantitative tightening, or QT. And some investors are afraid that now we're going the other way. The massive buyer, the Fed, is done shopping, so that high-quality debt needs to find Uh, another buyer and go on sale to do so. To be clear, we're not of the mind that this is a massive issue that's going to cause yields to run away and disrupt markets. It's meant to be a gradual, long-term process. Um, In fact, they're not even selling bonds at this point. They're just letting bonds that are already maturing roll off the balance sheet without replacing them. So, so given that, I suppose a big sale, for lack lack of a better term, they're not actually selling the bonds that they put on the balance sheet are there any implications for asset allocation on a go-forward basis? I mean, does this actually change anything that uh, you would do within the high-quality fixed-income portion of a portfolio? I do think there's an interesting relative value trade within the high-quality fixed-income bucket because you know we think that part of the Fed's long-term goal of balance sheet normalization is getting to more of a treasury-based balance sheet than they have right now. Um, And that means that even more so than treasuries, the mortgage-backed securities are probably losing a source of demand at the margin, since the Fed will have a preference to let those issues mature without being replaced. And this has the potential to push future yields up and therefore prices down. Yeah, interestingly, uh, on a year-to-date basis, we've really seen yields pressured upward, you know, across the board. Um, but we've certainly seen that in in mortgage-backed securities, and we've also actually seen mortgage-backed securities extend duration significantly over the past year and a half. Uh, if you look back to April 2020, 
think durations were, I don't know, in the mid, mid ones, you know, one and a half years around there, uh, nearly six today. So clearly we've seen some, uh, some extension in, uh, in duration for mortgage-backed securities. What in your mind is driving that divergence that you're seeing between uh, mortgage-backed securities and other high-quality fixed income like, like treasuries and corporates? Yeah, this has to do with convexity. So just to step back, convexity describes how a bond's price volatility changes as interest rates change. Most bonds have positive convexity. So as interest rates rise, the bond's duration falls. But mortgages actually have negative convexity. It's kind of a unique dynamic within the mortgage industry, and it has to do with refinancing activity. When you look at falling interest rate environments like late 2020 and all of 2021, um, you tend to see higher refinance activity, which means earlier repayment of principal. Um, and then you have higher interest rate environments like 2022. So far, that's going to lead to lower refinance uh, activity and then later payment of principal. The vast majority of mortgage holders today are locked in at historically low rates. And the pretty drastic increase in rates that we've seen this year means they have no incentive to refinance for the foreseeable future. So someone who buys mortgage-backed securities today is arguably taking on a bad skew in terms of risk reward. You've got greater than historical downside risk in the form of the higher duration that you just mentioned, and then smaller than usual upside return potential due to the Fed balance sheet dynamics. Yeah, I know you uh, you recently reran our uh, our forward-looking capital market assumptions, and uh, mortgages had had dropped out as an asset class that uh, the optimizer wanted to allocate to on a go-forward basis. So, for investors who are trying to maybe optimize their approach on the high-quality fixed income spectrum. If you think of the ag as you know, nice clean round numbers, a third uh, treasuries, a third mortgages, a third corporate credit, uh, doesn't this suggest that you'd really want to you know construct a barbell where you kind of lean away from that uh, that middle where you have the mortgages, which yeah they get you you know maybe a little bit of a yield increase versus treasuries, but to your point that you made earlier. If that skew is not as uh, not as positive as as it's been in the past, uh, does that suggest to you that investors should be leaning into treasuries and corporate credit and sort of leaning away from that mortgage-backed security uh, exposure at the margin? It does. It it really kind of depends on what you're looking to accomplish with your bond allocation. But if you kind of think about the different roles of the three asset classes that you mentioned, if you want the safety and the risk offset, you're going to lean into treasuries a little bit more. If you're trying to get more income, you're going to lean into corporates, but kind of where you fall on that spectrum, regardless of what your objective is, you're probably underweight mortgages in either case, and you're probably finding a better way to achieve your optimal asset allocation than a really high allocation to mortgages in this environment. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. If you're really worried about the recession probability being priced in by markets, you, you probably want to lean to the to the treasury side because you're probably going to get more of that risk offset out of the treasury position. If you think the soft landing is still at play, you know you're probably likely to see spreads tighten from here. And you know something like uh, leaning into the corporate credit piece is probably better than continuing to uh, to allocate to mortgage-backed securities at the margin. To wrap up, financial professionals, any listeners, welcome to uh, reach out to us with any any questions or comments about what we've covered today. Uh, we also offer customized insights tailored to your specific portfolio. Just contact your Natixis representative if you're interested in having a conversation. On behalf of Natixis Investment Manager Solutions team, thank you for listening. Important information. As of July 6, 
2022. This material is provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice. There can be no assurance that developments will transpire as forecasted. Actual results may vary. The views and opinions expressed may change based on market and other conditions. Investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. Investment risk exists with equity, fixed income, international and emerging markets. Additionally, alternative investments, including managed futures, can involve a higher degree of risk and may not be suitable for all investors. There is no assurance that any investment will meet its performance objectives or that losses will be avoided. This document may contain references to copyrights, indexes and trademarks that may not be registered in all jurisdictions. Third-party registrations are the property of their respective owners and are not affiliated with Natixis Investment Managers or any of its related or affiliated companies. Collectively Natixis, such third-party owners do not sponsor, endorse or participate in the provision of any Natixis services, funds or other financial products. The Bloomberg U.S. Aggregate Bond Index is a broad-based index that covers the U.S. dollar-denominated, investment grade, fixed rate, taxable bond market of SEC-registered securities. The index includes bonds from the Treasury, government-related, corporate, mortgage-backed securities, asset-backed securities, and collateralized mortgage-backed securities sectors. Natixis Advisors, LLC provides advisory services through its division Natixis Investment Manager Solutions. Advisory services are generally provided with the assistance of model portfolio providers, some of which are affiliates of Natixis Investment Managers. LLC Natixis Advisors, LLC does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax or legal professional prior to making any investment decision NatixisSimSolutions.com. Natixis Distribution, LLC is a limited-purpose broker-dealer and the distributor of various registered investment companies for which advisory services are provided by affiliates of Natixis Investment Managers. Pod 23, July 2022, Add Tracks, 4835394, 1, 1, Expiration Date, July 31, 2023.